This is podcast number two with my Aunt Jennifer. She's a teacher or director of education of my virtual academy. Um, and today we're going to be talking about three main things. So my first thing is about a teacher college journey. And for college, I want to apply to Michigan State and then Grand Valley because they have the top education classes. And so my first question is, how did you decide you wanted to be a teacher? Okay. (laughs) So my teaching journey started when I was really young. I feel like ever since I was a little child in elementary school, all I wanted to be was a teacher. I played teacher. I always thought of any of my dolls as little children. And I admired all my teachers. Every teacher I had every year was my favorite teacher. (laughs) So I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. And then when I got into high school, I knew I had to get more serious about it and figure out where do I want to go. So if I want to be a teacher, I got to go to some some college. And when I started my digging, Michigan State is where I wanted. But to me, that was so large. And coming from Armada, I wasn't ready for it yet. So then I started looking at some smaller schools and Western Michigan came along. And they are known for their education program as well. So I did my research and I thought, okay, went and visited, and that's the one that I chose. Very happy. Um, I had a small cohort of students, or like I was a student at the time too, and we went through our four years together. So when we graduated, I ended up with best friends, um, some teaching co-partners that I can call and talk about, their classrooms and my classroom, and it, you know, I loved it. It was great. And then what me? Oh, you already answered that. Just kidding. So what was your other choice then? Like besides teaching, did you have another? So besides teaching, I thought I wanted to be a physical therapist. (laughs) However, when I went to shadow a physical therapist, then I knew that's what you're asking me, right? Yeah. Okay. So when I went to job shadow a physical therapist, I watched the lady work with this man's knee. And I got all nervous and sweaty. I almost passed out. I had to go in the back room. They had to give me a Coca-Cola and a Snickers and make me feel better. And then I knew, nope, not going to be a physical therapist. Uh, Definitely back to teaching because in high school they did. They made me explore like different things and went right back to teaching. And now I'm a dedicated student. I have gone to Western I went to Saginaw Valley for my master's. I've gone to now Michigan State, and I got my graduate certificate as well. So teaching is me <laughs> and education. Hmm. So like, because then what were you before the My Virtual Academy? So before My Virtual Academy, I have been in all the world of ed- all of the <laughs> all of the places. I started off at a Catholic school called St. Clement. I was first grade teacher there. From there... I needed to, it was really, really far away from where I lived. I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning and leaving. It was just so far. And I loved it, though. I loved it. And if, if they were closer, I would have stayed there forever. But I had to get back to where I was from. So I then became the librarian in Elmont. So I was the librarian in Elmont for a few years. Loved that. Um, and then from there, I found my home in Dryden. In Dryden, I was the technology teacher for kindergarten through sixth grade and then I became the art teacher for a few years and then I went into first grade and second grade multi-age classroom and once I was in Dryden I then received my master's degree 
And I thought, you know, Jen, we got to move on. So I started to apply at different positions and I received my position at my virtual academy as a director of education. And now I've been there for five and a half years. And you, do you like that better than teaching? So oh. <laughs> I love my job. I love it. I love it so much. But my heart <laughs> is the classroom. Yeah. I loved being in that first, second grade multi-age room. They were my babies. I watched them blossom. They started off not being able to read. Back then in first grade, they came and they were not able to read. And now it's very different and I understand that. But they were not reading. And I watched them develop and grow and grow. And my kids, they still follow me and contact me. And they're like graduating and I just am like a whole thing now. But I love, my heart is in the classroom. Okay. And then so now we're on to the next thing, which is choosing texts and tasks to accomplish a learning goal. So for an example, like the learning goal for me was to compare things. So like I did a lesson the other day about comparing and contrasting the three different types of rocks. And so to do that, I brought in like colors and stuff to distinguish it. And they like did a hands-on activity to demonstrate something to like accomplish, help like better understand the learning goal. So did you ever apply that into your lessons? Yes. So I'm going to go back to a fun one, one that not a lot of teachers, I don't know if can accomplish these (laughs) days. So when I was the art teacher, I had to explain paper mache. And now this wasn't just for one grade. This was for kindergarten through sixth grade. All had to do a paper mache. So I started off showing the students a video, hot air balloons everywhere. And from there, I started playing music and different things to kind of really get them involved. I'm like, how cool would it be to make this hot air balloon? And then I had them all blow up balloons. And everybody had a balloon and they're all like, so we watched hot air balloons. Now I'm going to blow this balloon up. What am I doing? And then I would explain, we have to learn the process of paper mache. How does it happen? How does it work? What's the ingredients? All the chemicals, like what makes it react? And from there, I showed them. And by the end, which was multiple weeks later, it was a whole process. They all had their own paper mache balloons. Well, it was a balloon, but then it became a paper mache balloon. And we hung them up in all of the hallways of Dryden. So you walk down the first grade hallway, all the first grade paper mache balloons. And then the second grade, third grade. It was great. But I feel that to get kids to connect, you got to bring them in. You got to engage them. You got to explain to them, why am I doing this? And will I ever use this in the future? So mine was a fun one, my example mm-hmm. I gave you. But even when it comes down to algebraic product problems or, you know, geometry and shapes, like why do they need to know it? You talk to every kid and they say, I don't need to know this. Well, yeah, you do. Mm-hmm. In some form or fashion, what we're teaching you in elementary, in middle school, in high school, you're going to use as an adult. So explaining that I feel yeah. connects with kids. Mm-hmm. Like that's like nowadays, like high school teachers, it's hard for like the older teachers to help like get the kids to understand why mm-hmm. because they're not into it. Whereas some of the teachers will like use like TikTok references or yep. say some of the cool stuff to like get all the kids involved. Yeah, in and it. I think with your older teachers, you know, kids never questioned it as much as they do now. Yeah, but we tell our kids question, ask the ask those questions why. What am, what am I doing this for? Um, we're giving you guys the confidence to do that when you get into the workforce as mm-hmm. well. 
What are we doing this for? Where do we need to end? What's our goals? Everything's goal oriented. So I think that we're building you kids to be in that workforce. And it is very different when you have those older teachers. But mm-hmm. it's all okay, too. Yep. And then the last thing is a reflective teacher. So, like, my take on that is by being a reflective teacher is by, like, looking back and realizing if you can do something better or understand and, like, analyze what you did to get the students to understand the content. So, like, I guess just, like, if you did a lesson and then you see what the kids did and assess them, like, how do you reflect on, like, what they did or what you could have done better like that? So I think that this is a huge piece in any teacher's world. Looking back, I gave a, I did my whole lesson. That night, I always would reflect on how did it go? What could I change? What, what questions did I ask those kids that they not react to? Um, every time you reflect on a lesson, you're improving your lesson. You're improving yourself. You're going to make it better, whether it is you have to reteach it or for your next group of kids that come through. So reflection is huge. Reflection isn't only for your lesson. Reflection is for you as a person, too. You know, after one month of being in your classroom for the first month, reflect on that. You know, what do I need to do better for my, for my next month? And every year to year, reflecting that same thing. What do I need to do better to go into my next school year? What do I need, need to do better, even as me, as a director of education? What do I need, better, do need to do better to help my staff so that that way they're ready for their classroom and ready for their students. So reflection is, it should be a part of the daily life of a teacher, the monthly task, and a yearly task as well. Yeah, and then, so like, the last session we had, because we have our, you know, two blocks or whatever, um, was a big thing about, like, healthy learning communities. So, like, what you do to make kids feel comfortable, because, you know, there's so many different, like, problems nowadays Mm -hmm. like you have to be scared about like religion and races and stuff so do you still do that today like being a director so well I think it's I think the biggest thing when it comes to teacher student director student you have to build a relationship if a student feels that they can trust you they will they will learn for you they will then do things Mm -hmm. if they don't trust you they're not going to do anything nope And that's also going to reflect on their friends and anybody else who's walking into that classroom. You walk in, you know if you have connected with those kids. They're engaged. They're active. They're even telling you their deep, dark secrets. And some of the secrets you don't want to know. Yeah. But but if they trust you, that's what you need to do. You need to build that trust with that student. And sometimes you get into those um, where you were talking about religion, politics, things like that. You have to remember when it comes to that, that's not your job to educate your kids. Your job is to listen to them and help bring them back to whatever it is you're teaching in that classroom. Like, what is that point? Like, what do you want them to be doing? And bring them back and direct them into that task. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because I know you you want to give your opinion, but they don't need your opinion. That's That's not your job right now, but your job is to bring them back, direct them, and keep them educated. Keep them moving forward. Mm-hmm. And then, because um, last time I did Aunt Steph, mm-hmm. which you know, obviously. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and so at the end, I always ask, like, do you have a funny story that ever happened in the classroom? Like, one that you'll always remember. Like, hers was about a kid picking his nose. <laughs> so <laughs> I just want to know if you have any funny one that you, like, 
always bring up or remember. Okay. So it's really, really dumb. <laughs> That's okay. But, um, okay. So in my little, <laughs> so in my, when I was back down in St. Clement, it was my second year there. We, um, were making, I always did like a, a Friday fun project and we're making ice cream and we're making ice cream and everybody has, it's like you Ziploc the bag you shake the bag and the ice cream will form. Yeah. Well, I have my mom there, Mary, and she hands all the kids the bags. And we all start shaking. Well, my I don't know if it was my mom's fault or my mom or whose fault, but the bags were not zipped. So kids started shaking. Kenzie was, it was everywhere. Ice cream everywhere. My dad had to come down and help clean it all up because I, they're shaking. And, you know, like my poor little first graders, they had no idea. So they're shaking and my mom is laughing and I am staring. And then our little principal, Mrs. Charlotte, came through and was like, what do I don't know? Because I invited her down for ice cream. It It was a mess. But it really was everywhere. And I bought new notebooks because we had our notebooks out. But it was a lesson learned. So every time you're given directions, be very specific. If you need a bag Ziploc sealed, Ziploc seal before they shake. Got there it. There we go. Well, mm-hmm. thank you for doing this. No problem. <laughs> anytime, anytime.